B, 52. B, 52. I'm heading down the Atlanta Highway. Looking for a love getaway. Heading for a love getaway. Hey, I got me a car. It's as big as a whale. And we're heading on down for the love shack. Four? I got me a Chrysler, it sets about 20, so hurry up and bring your jukebox money. The Love Shack is a little old place where we can get together. Love Shack, baby. A Love Shack, baby. B-52. B-52. treasure seekers and welcome to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure B-52. Series 1, episode 31. So how did I get my OSC Wilderlands group together? Well, initially, just before Christmas last year, 2019, um, it was a week before Christmas because I um, basically got two weeks holiday over Christmas, so I had plenty of time the week before Christmas to do some stuff. I put a load of posts out, uh, mainly in Facebook groups, but also on the Audio Dungeon Discord. And the Facebook groups I posted to were Distinct Gaming, which is a local game shop in Belper, Boards and Swords, a local ga- uh, uh, RPG shop in a war gaming shop in Derby. East Midland Role Players, which is a, a group that covers the area, uh, the large area in which I live, the East Midlands, which is roughly uh, Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire, Leicestershire, and Lincolnshire. Dungeons and Dragons UK Facebook group and the Derby Role Players and Gamers Facebook group. So a num- I was trying to cover a number of bases to gather some uh, players together. Initially, it was all going to be face-to-face, so that's why I put it mainly in um, the local groups, although I I certainly wasn't adverse to running it online as well, Uh, and that was something that I was going to discuss with the players once I I generated some interest. And from that, I actually created a Facebook group on the 14th of January, and also my my own Discord server, because I intended to use Discord for the audio, and I created a Roll20 campaign, because I was intending to use uh, Roll20 for the dice rolling and the battle maps. So there we were, uh, middle of January, sort of three weeks later, uh, and effectively I got, in the end, uh, about uh, 20 players. It's now up to 22 players in that Facebook group. Now, I was aware that not everyone was going to get, you know, not all players who were interested were going to be in Facebook. Uh, so I wasn't running it totally from within there, but that was where the bulk of it was going to be um, organised from. Now, it, it then sort of quietened down, and I must admit, I, I didn't do much for about a month. And it was the middle of February before I then posted in that Facebook group I'd created called OSE Wilderlands. Uh, it's a private uh, group, so 
uh, there's only people I'd inv you know given invitations to who had expressed an interest from any of the other posts in Facebook groups or from within the audio dungeon discord um, so I put a couple of polls out say which day of the week uh, you know should we be playing on and what sort of location so there was various locations added in uh, local game shops uh, and also online um, uh, and it did seem as though it was looking as though Thursday was the best uh, evening to play uh, although really the actual location was pretty split because um, as usual some people prefer Derby some people prefer Belper some people prefer Nottingham um, so it, it was a little up in the air on that um, the day of the week was a little bit awkward because I just started a AD&D 2E um, campaign on a Thursday uh, so I had to drop out of that to um, set up the OSC Wilderlands one. And then, of course, we get to March and COVID hit. So the middle of March, I then had to put up a, another post saying, OK, well, let's forget about meeting up face to face. Who is actually interested in an online game? Uh, and I got, I got enough interest that um, it seemed worth setting up an event, which I did on the Facebook for Thursday, the 9th of April. We initially, it was uh, six o'clock to eight o'clock. That was how we started the sessions. And uh, I got three players who turned up uh, online to play that. It was Dan, Glyn and Julian. Uh, Dan had replied via the Boards and Swords Facebook group. Glyn is a player I've known oh, for a couple of years. I, I first met him over at Distinct Games, a local gaming shop in Belper, and we'd played quite a bit of Fifth Ed together. Yeah. Uh, in a couple of uh, GM's campaigns and Julian the third player uh, he, he'd replied via the East Midlands role-playing uh, group so that was the first session and to be fair it seemed to go okay um, and I'll just then if I just sort of run through and give you an idea of how it developed from there player-wise in the second session I got Carl joined who had uh, seen me advertised in the Audio Dungeon Discord the third session, Ham joined. He, uh, I, I know Ham from uh, because he's my GM on a Tuesday night and has been uh, GMing both Call of Cthulhu and AD&D First Ed for me uh, for a couple of years of First Ed. So uh, I, I knew Ham quite well. And also for the third session, Paul joined us and he picked up on the fact that he was very interested in the Wilderlands and I posted in the Wilderlands Facebook group to say, uh, just to mention, you know, the, fir the first couple of sessions, I was actually, you know, running a game in the Wilderlands because there aren't that many, I don't think, uh, being run. Uh, and he came on board from there. Now, in the fourth session, sadly, Dan dropped out. Um, I, I hope it wasn't my style of DMing in the game. He certainly indicated that it was just online gaming wasn't for him. It was the first time he tried it and it just didn't work. And in fact, Dan had uh, did... Uh, PM me a, a bit later on, uh, I think it was beginning of August, to say, were we meeting up face to face? Because uh, he was trying to find a face to face game. So I think it was a genuine uh, dislike of online role playing um, that Dan had. I certainly hope so. Um, and in that fourth session, we also had uh, Chris joined us. And I knew Chris from a face to face BX group that uh, I'd been a member of for a couple of years. And I. I uh, because of various issues with my wife's shifts, I could only make every other monthly meeting. So I, I probably played with Chris 
oh, six, six, eight times, something like that, face-to-face. Uh, -face. Uh, anyway, he joined the online group. So by the uh, four, uh, fourth session, we had five players, uh, and it seemed to be going well. Um, it developed a little bit in, the, in session eight. Tim, a friend of Julian, joined. And then in session uh, 14, Jason joined uh, from the Audio Dungeon Discord. That's where he, he'd... Um, seen me mention uh, my OSC Worldlands and of course I've, I've played with Jason a bit uh, he has his own uh, podcast the RPG uh, the Nerds RPG Variety Cast uh, and I've played on and off uh, probably I don't know 18 months something like that with Jason so um, so here we are we're, we're, we're now just approaching session 20 we've got eight characters and six players um, not every uh, player turns up for every session. Um, I've had as little as three players. I think we've had six players was the most we had. We might have had seven, but certainly six. Uh, and what happens is the characters who um, don't have a player for the particular session, uh, one of the other players has to play two characters. That's how we've been playing it. Uh, and in all that time from the very first session on the 9th of April until... Um, the 19th one we had at the beginning of uh, September, 3rd of September. We missed one week in June, where I, I think there were a number of, play, uh, of the regular players couldn't make it. And we missed two weeks in August due to the fact that I was uh, out camping and just couldn't um, guarantee I could run the Thursday session. So I hope that sort of gives a summary of how I generated interest to the game uh, and the player, players who I've got on board. So this was the first campaign that I tried to organize since 1985, 86. So it's been a long time in the making, if you like. Um, and I've learned quite a few things along the way, I think, which uh, I'll certainly like to list out and perhaps put my thoughts on um, what it takes to actually kick off a campaign online. The first thing I learned was you can't have too many players expressing an interest. Um, I learned the hard way by turning away a few because I thought I'd got enough players. But then you find some players who, uh, you know, even commit to sessions or, you know, and even ones who just show vague interest will fall by the wayside, um, you know, and that's, you've just got to accept that is the way I think uh, uh, of role playing games and trying to organizing uh, sessions and a, a campaign. So I've ended up in my Facebook group with 22 players. I mean, of those, I'd guess probably six or seven have actually turned up for a session. So maybe about a third of them. Um, and the others just, uh, for, for whatever reason, have, uh, have never taken it up more than showing an interest once they joined, you know, and then joining the group have really uh, not posted or whether it's because they're not noticing uh, anything uh, because I don't, when I set up, create an event within the Facebook, I don't invite the entire group. I just put it there um, because basically I've always had enough players turn up anyway for the event to go ahead. And what I wanted to avoid was ending up with more than six players, really, because I, I, I think that would tax my abilities of, of a GM, quite frankly. Um, so, yep, 
that's a lesson. You can't have too many players expressing an interest and accept that a few of them will drop out even though they've committed. Another lesson I've learned then is expect technical problems at every session, pretty much. That's why I've come. Um, for whatever reason, it seems microphones are very unreliable. Um, and also have a backup plan for your audio. Uh, I mean, I run, when, when I can, I run it on uh, Discord. I have my own Discord server I've set up uh, and people just connect to that and, uh, and we use that. However, we have found that some evenings it's just unusable the discord you know there are dropouts the quality isn't very good and for that i always have um a backup i think we use google hangouts a few times although at the moment that potentially is a problem because one of the players can't use google hangouts but we've not used it for quite a while the discord has um met our needs shall we say i think uh Certainly for recently, I don't know whether perhaps they had a, an initial surge uh, when COVID hit, you know, and locked down and more people were, were going from home and now they perhaps upgraded the service so they can handle um, the increased capacity. But um, always have a text channel available. So if somebody uh, suddenly can't, their mic doesn't work. And I've had that probably half a dozen times. So, you know, almost a quarter, third of the sessions with an issue like that. They can at least type in um, and say what they're doing. Usually I rely on Roll20 uh, text for that, but I do have a Discord text channel uh, set up as well. I thought it was worth having a, a quick segment in this podcast episode about my setup when I'm running the game. Uh, <coughs> I run it on a PC. I've got two screens on the PC. On the left-hand screen, I have um, Roll20 and Discord. And what I do is the Discord's on full screen, but the Roll20 overlays it. So all I can see of the Discord is the left-hand column. And the only reason I leave that exposed is I can see when players are actually talking. They flash green in the Discord audio chat. Um, I mean, as it goes on, I know which players are talking anyone by their voice, but um, especially when you get new players joining in, it's sometimes difficult to tell that it's them that's talking and you're wondering who said that. So having that flashing green, I find very useful. Um, and even, you know, now that I'm, you know, into the uh, 20s with sessions, it's still useful to keep an eye on it. And it also means I can uh, try and uh, see if uh, there are any characters who aren't talking or dropped out and things like that. Uh, on the right-hand screen, I usually just have the scenario up. So if it's a, a pre, if it's a bought one, it's a PDF up there on the screen, usually in full screen. And if it's a um, uh, one I've written, I usually do that in Word. So it's a Word document that's up. Uh, it's usually, if I've written it myself, I don't really need to uh, look at it that often, to be honest. Um, but with the um, pre-written ones, I find I do, even if I have read them several times through, um, I guess it just doesn't um, stick in your brain as much if you've not written it yourself. And then I usually have a copy of the rules up in PDF form as well, uh, up on that right-hand screen. Then by the side of me, uh, to the right-hand side, I've got a, a little desk. And on there, I have my um, OSC rule books uh, and some Wilder, uh, Wilderlands um, source material, just the standard stuff that I think I'll need for that scenario. And then I also, on my computer desk itself, I always have the... Uh, calendar uh, 
down on there so if the players ask me anything about uh you know what the moon's like because i have a little calendar which is an a4 sheet in there uh, and it has four of the months on at any one time so i'll make sure it's whichever months we're dealing with and then it has the phases of the moon on there as well so that's useful and then to the left hand side of me i have my um old school essentials uh game master screen i've never really used screens much um except when it when I very first started out and I used to, you know, create my own from A4 folders. Um, but I, I find it absolutely essential to have a GM screen while I'm playing online. And the reason for that is it is the quickest way to look up all the obvious stuff. You know, uh, the OSC one's pretty good. It's got sections on downtime dungeons, wilderness and encounters. Um, and then it's got combat, uh, tells you about morale. You know the to hit rolls uh, what weapon damage is uh and what's quite useful is the missile short medium and long range those little tables things that the players never seem to be able to remember um so that's pretty cool uh and that's my setup effectively i obviously have a, a headset on with a mic and uh, headphones uh mainly because i've got two young boys uh, and my wife will occasionally come in during a game so uh, if they start talking to me or something um, i can quickly mute it all um, and also if the boys are shouting uh, playing on their computers making a bit of a noise um, i can't hear it so there you go that's my setup for playing old school essentials i'd just like to give a mention to a new kickstarter uh, that's connected with the Wilderlands. It's called Judges Guild Deluxe, Dark Tower, Caverns of Thracia and more. <coughs> it's um, it needs a goal of uh, thirty, just under thirty-one thousand pounds. And as I uh, am recording this, they're at twenty-nine thousand pounds. So it looks like they're going to make it. Uh, this is produced by Goodman Games, uh, and it's. Its, um, it's subtitle is the uh, General Jaquise Collection. I hope I've pronounced uh, her name correctly there. Uh, and this is to do with some old Judges Guild modules that have been reworked into a uh, magnificent large uh, folio folio style book, I guess is what I'd call it. Um, it also includes uh, four of, uh, no, sorry, I think the first six Dungeoneer copies, uh, which uh, uh, Jennell was uh, the editor of before she sold them to uh, Judges Guild. Uh, and it looks uh, like a terrific set of uh, old school modules and uh, magazines. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to go in myself because it is expensive. That's the downside. Um, we're, we're talking $125. Uh, and that's for the deluxe collector's edition. It's an $150 if you want to add a slipcase. And uh, it's $450 if you want the leather deluxe collector's edition. Um, so it's expensive stuff. And uh, uh, there is a warning on the Kickstarter that the uh, postage, the international postage will be substantial because this is going to be um, pretty heavy. Uh, to, to, to post over, um, I, I suspect you, you could be talking $100 just to get it posted over to the UK. So it's probably one, sadly, I'll have to uh, miss unless there's some, um, you know, I can pick it up at a later date um, after it's been bought by somebody over in the UK. Uh, 
what they're actually saying is that the page size of this is going to be 13 inches wide and 18 inches tall. Um, so that's sort of almost from my neck probably down to my uh, belt. So it's a pr pretty substantial one. And they're talking about 300 pages. So, um, you know, it, it looks super, I have to say. Uh, the one thing I will mention as well is um, this is a Goodman Games. This is not a Judges Guild um, produced for those of you who, um, you know, I know it will matter to. And there are 20% uh, of the uh, proceeds are being given to uh, charity. 10% to the Anti-Defamation League and 10% to GLAAD. Um, so uh, anyway, I've put the, uh, a link to the Kickstarter in the notes to this podcast. And there's plenty of information on that Kickstarter. And if you're interested in Judges Guild and uh, the World's Lands, I'd suggest read. read um, uh, it's well worth a read anyway. I'd also like to give a shout out for the MeWe Wilderlands group there is a link in the podcast notes to that group should you wish to join it's about all things wilderlands it's not associated with uh, judges guild it's a it's a fan-based group uh, big shout out to john Solway for really uh invigorating the group as it was um uh, very sparsely uh, attended it or <laughs> and post a few and far between until um, about six months ago when John took over the admin of it and it, he, he's really done a great job and the reason I'm mentioning this group uh, at this particular time is we're currently trying to um, create a Wilderlands fanzine and they're trying to generate some interest I think there's about half a dozen of us who have uh, indicated that we're, we're willing to uh, put forward some articles to such a, a fanzine it's in very early stages at the moment john's currently coming up with some guidelines um, you know font sizes headings all that type of stuff it's going to be very informal very fan, you know fan driven um at the moment we're not even uh, looking at um, having an editor it's going to be just you know you're responsible for editing your own stuff and putting in so um, we'll see how it goes we haven't even got a name for it yet the uh, flying horse has been mentioned and also the the hip griff uh, as titles uh, with an obvious uh, nod to those in the know back to the old pegasus uh, magazine that judges guild produced uh, back in the early 80s thank you to tj drennan for producing the B-52 theme tune for my podcast. You've been listening to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a message on Anchor. Email me at shandyandy at gmail.com or possibly find me hanging around at Audio Dungeon Discord channel.